back into place, man. What is good? I feel man. like it's been like six months since we. I know. <laughs> take feel, a week off. Yeah, it feels mad long. <laughs> kind of ruined last week, man. Yeah, man. Kind of threw my week off a little bit. I know what day it was. Yeah, it threw me off. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, today is Tuesday. And it really wouldn't be Tuesday. It's right. like Thursday. Right. It's way off, man. Yeah, long, long, long. Yeah, it's to our fans, you know. Sometimes your brothers, you know, we miss dates. And yeah. We just gotta, we try to reschedule, but it's just like, hey. Hey. We're just gonna come back next week. Yeah, come back harder, stronger. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, we back on the block. As 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 per usual. The most infamous. Mm-hmm. You know, you came back out here on a trash day, <laughs> which is the most interesting day in the hood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because that trash can out there, that's not mine. Okay. You know, and as you see, there's trash sitting in front of it. Right. Which is from motherfuckers just throwing shit in a thing without bagging it. Oh. So the funny part is like, it's okay if you don't want to bag your shit and put it in front of your house. Mm-hmm. So then when they pick it up, trash is all over the place. Right. Well, how you put that in front of my house? Though? So is that your neighbors like next door or is that from across That's the street? That's next door. Next door. So they put it I in front of so. your house, not in front of their house. <laughs> yeah, because they have too many cars in front uh, of their house. Uh, you know, so as you notice, you know, pick up, pick up, pick up, car. Right. You got the joints. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's, like I don't think I've been able to park in front of your house in like at least you six, know, six, eight months. Yeah, they moved like last fall is when they came out. And I ain't been able to park in front of it either. Mm. I park in front of it sometimes on purpose just, yeah, to, just to stop them, just yeah. to hate. Like, nah. <laughs> nah, it's not going down. Yeah, I got my whole driveway, but y'all still, y'all not parking in front of my shit. Yeah, it's not going down no, this week. Not at all, man. I, I met my neighbor the other day, the one who said uh, I had to slap my bitch up. Uh-huh. I met him this weekend. <laughs> How was that? It was funny. It was funny. It was uh, a funny experience. Okay. He is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell by that one meeting. Yeah, yeah. We talked. We chopped it up for about 20, 30 minutes okay. in the front yard. And uh, he's that guy. Like, that quote is not an isolated thing. <laughs> it's not an isolated incident. No, man. He was telling me so much wild shit. I was like, yo, <laughs> this guy might be the funniest guy on the street, man. He's funny, man. Hmm. Like, that's not no isolated thing. So the whole, man, I smacked my bitch up today. Mm-hmm. That's him, man. That's him all the way. That's all the way, bro. Frank. That's my guy's name. Frank. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, man, you know, shit. You know, I don't, I don't mess with none of this foolishness. Only thing I really mess with is the hoes." Like, right. <laughs> yeah. What do you say? To yeah. That? What do you say? I, yeah. I, I, okay. Frank. All right, word. All right. Cool. He's like, yeah. He said, you know, I said, but uh. Cause we was somehow we was talking about you know that fight when the dude and this girl was going at it and yeah. called the police. Mm-hmm. That's his brother. Oh okay. So he was like, yeah man. He said these motherfuckers out here fight man. He said, I don't I don't be having no problems like that and I be having two bitches in the house at the same time sometimes. <laughs> wow. I said what? <laughs> wow. He is that dude. Yeah. He's like I have a bitch upstairs and a bitch downstairs and they be talking to you like Frank who's this bitch? Frank who's this bitch? Wow. <laughs> yes. Like, all right, Frank. <laughs> it's the most interesting neighbor I've met in a long time, bro. <laughs> this dude is interesting, man. He's an interesting cat. Okay. <laughs> He's a mechanic. Well, okay. All right. All right. Hence the cars. <laughs> yeah, his sons is is that's his son out okay. there working on the car. But yeah, he's he's a good dude. But yeah, that part's hilarious, man. That's that's great. <laughs> That is great. <laughs> There's so much I can say, but I, I I'm gonna save it for another <laughs> joint. You know what I mean? About this whole conversation I had with him because it he just tied in so many things I've been seeing. Uh huh. So it, everything makes sense now. Yeah, because he gave me so much scoop about these fools across the street that okay. I didn't know, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Like, right. 
yeah he just gave me so much scoop like i was like okay and then the, the lady i actually met her i was talking to frank okay the the you know this white girl gonna beat your ass today <laughs> it's funny like people know these characters from phrases but go ahead go ahead <laughs> yeah that's her you know what I'm saying? she she came over and introduced herself to me okay <laughs> yeah man i yeah that's that's awesome yeah man so you know i met her and uh you know the hood another day in the hood hood, man it's just so much follow-up to this that now that i know so much scoop it's gonna be (laughs) hood tales revisited they're gonna start you know getting pieced together like oh that's awesome yeah man that's awesome so this week man this week the most infamous the most infamous podcast on planet earth yeah super duty tough work tough work we back, man. And uh, this week, this is a, a, a topic that was suggested to us by one of our fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is from, I think his name is Unlogical, uh, okay. uh, Logos backslash Unlogical. And his idea was to talk about, you know, dealing with success. Mm-hmm. And so this week, we want to actually talk about. Uh, it's interesting because people always talk about success like it's always the best thing. Right. But as, we, as we've seen, success can ruin people. Yeah. Right. So this week we want to talk about the high price of success. Yes. And how everything isn't always what it seems to be. You know, the grass isn't always greener. Nah, sometimes to- it's just as brown as your grass is, son. <laughs> right. <laughs> no way water, none of that shit. It's all bad. So it's like, you know, and there's great things. You want to be successful, but then there's so many things that can happen that you don't think when you become successful are going to happen to you. Right. And uh, so we're going to talk about that in this episode. Where? And we'll be right back. We got you stuck off the realness, the most infamous, you heard of us, official podcast murderers, the show comes equipped with few points to share, grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow, so go ahead and download, every single week with a brand new episode, you're not alone in this world cousin, so we share information and honest discussion, and keep repping the culture, like we supposed to, they spread gossip but they never come close to, I can hear it inside their tone, they talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Oh man. <laughs> yeah man. Anyway, we got right. a podcast going on here. <laughs> yeah, we got shit to do. Uh, yeah, man. So you know, this week. Yeah. See, we we've been away for too long, man. Lots too of long. catching up. Man. Lots of catching up. So yeah, the high price of success. Yes. So yes. you know, this is the other side of success. Mm-hmm. We gonna we gonna knock this joint out. We got like ten things that happen to you when you're successful that you don't quite no until you become successful yep mistakes uh, mistakes but you can't really see them coming especially if you haven't been around anybody else successful Mm -hmm. and so uh the first one is you start trusting people that you don't know yeah because you think you think other rich people got your best interests in mind or other poor people right 
or just yeah. people where you're just, just people like, in general. yeah, where you're just like, like when you come up, here's the thing, like when you're all broke and before you're successful, you're going to be surrounded by people who are in a similar position as you, mm-hmm. people who knew you before you were successful. Right. Mm-hmm. And the reason they invested in you wasn't because you were already successful. They invested in you because you, they saw the potential in it right. and they wanted to build something and invest in you and in turn, you know, be a part of that. Right. That's like the pure reason you invest in someone. Right. Right. That's the, the, the original group, the early adopters. Yeah, those are the people you're supposed to trust. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? They was in the gym with you. Right, They right. was in the gym shooting with you. You right. know what I'm saying? But then you got the other people who wasn't in the gym with you who see you after you're successful mm-hmm. and they kind of approach you with an intensity that's like so different. It's right. a different energy and that energy will make you think like, oh, I gotta fuck with them. But the truth is that these people weren't fucking with you because they had an opportunity probably oh yeah when you was in the gym they wasn't in there All right and so what you, what ends up happening is you start fucking with people and trusting them to do tasks that they really weren't into All right and they were would only have been there if you're successful mm. and uh that leads to a lot of problems huge problems because you start putting your faith in people who are only there you know for the ride you know who are only there to get a piece of the pie they have no interest in your sustaining your success. They just there while the getting's good. Exactly. And this can go for many things. This can go for like, you know, who you hire. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times an artist will will start out their career and they'll have like a friend who's sharp and attentive, right? And that person will be doing maybe their their management or their booking or maybe managing their website or things like that. Yeah. And then as soon as they become really successful, mm-hmm. instead of keeping that person on. They fire that person and get with the shiny new hot guy, a girl like, yo, that's who is going to get me to the next level. Mm -hmm. And uh, oftentimes that that doesn't work, man. It doesn't work. Uh, My experience has been kind of like that with like booking agents, Mm -hmm. like the booking agent I have now, who you have now Mm -hmm. is like it's a totally different relationship than when I had a bigger booking agent. When I was with the big booking agency. They were the ones who got with me because, oh, he's back. He's going to do this. And then he's got this label behind him and they're going to push him. And then we're going to make all this money now. Right. Because Blueprint's lucrative. The business of Blueprint is cracking right now. Right. But that's ultimately the problem. Ultimately, was that when I was with them, they have a thousand other artists. Right. That are as big or bigger. Right. You know, or smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And they could not give all these artists the same attention. And it creates a situation where. If I would have just stayed with who I was with at the beginning, mm-hmm. or if I would have just uh, 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 got someone who had a similar philosophy as me, we would have been all right. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn that by becoming successful and then kind of floundering with that hot, new, shiny booking agent right. to get to to learn what I didn't want, though. And then to say, OK, well, this is actually what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking for, you know, a guy who wants to go out into these small markets, a guy who's personable, someone I can call, who picks up the phone, who I can text if there's a if there's confusion at the venue and they'll text me back, right. you know, as opposed to I'm at the venue. Someone's arguing with me over something. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's the what did we agree to on this? And he'll text me. Oh, this is what you agree to. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Where the other agency, they might hit you back Monday morning. Right. You text them Friday night. Mm-hmm. If they hit you at all. If they hit you back. Yeah. If you even have their cell number. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's different. You might man. only have the office number. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Which is closed. <laughs> right. Or the weekend. It's closed. So, uh, you know, trusting people that you don't know when you become successful can really, really set you back. Like my advice is like, 
there are going to be people who are less uh, skilled or talented, but if they're enthusiastic, if they're already doing a great job for you, mm-hmm. try to take them with you to the next level. Yeah. Don't think that you have to get rid of someone to get access to something else, because really, if you're talented and you're on your shit, those opportunities will come to you. Mm-hmm. This is why you see a lot of successful people that still have their crew from high school or, you know, still have their girl that they've been with before they got successful, because you have to have those people around you that keep you grounded. The motherfuckers that end up, you know, dumping that person. I mean, look at Ezekiel Elliott. He's a great example. Yes. You know what I'm saying? The reason that one of the reasons that he's going through this, not saying that he did or did not commit the domestic violence thing, but. He was breaking up with old girl when he got drafted. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Once he got, she, and I don't know how long. And it's too late. Yeah, I don't know how long they've been together. You know what I'm saying? But they probably been together for a minute. She was probably holding him down during college. Yeah. And now he got the shiny contract. So it's like, yo, I'm about to be fucking all these bitches. I'm about to trade up. That's what he was thinking. (laughs) It's going down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And she might have been like, you know, and she might not have been ready to make that jump with him. Right. In terms of maturity or whatever, worldview, philosophy to the next level. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but like you're saying, when you take somebody like that with him, I guarantee you that what she was on was probably always there. Right. And if he decided to break up with her then, he probably had reasons to break up with her long before then. Exactly. That just didn't come out. But now that it comes out in the public eye, you're yeah. looking crazy. Explosion. Yes. Explosion. <laughs> you know. Nuclear. That shit went nuclear. <laughs> Straight up did. Yeah, man. So it's all bad, man. But yeah, that's uh number one. Numero uno. Okay, so now we'll, uh number two. Number two. I'll let you do this. Changing the formula. Say that again, man. Changing the formula. A lot of people they get successful and then they like, yo, now I gotta switch it up on them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Instead of sticking with what got you successful in the first place. And not saying like you don't have to do other things, but you build on what got you successful and not completely change what got you successful. It's a big difference. It is. It is. I think a lot of people when it comes successful, it gives you a certain freedom and a certain power. Right. Right. When you were coming up, you weren't thinking necessarily about like, okay, what are other people's expectations? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do? And sometimes when you start becoming successful, um, you start to take on a view of yourself that's not just your own view. Right. Like your view of yourself now encompasses other people's view and opinions of you. And as you do that, you, you start to take on, well, you should do such and such now. Right, right. What about a bouncy track? Yo, why aren't you rapping over a trap beat, dog? Right. Yo, why don't you do, you know what I'm saying? Like, where's your where's your triple time song? Right. Right. You start hearing these other voices that's, oh, man, you want to stay relevant. Yo, why don't you want blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Why don't you want, why don't, why don't you do? Why don't you get a feature from yeah. Young G or something? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you do X, Y, Z? Why don't you, why don't you? And you start hearing these suggestions. Eventually, you say, yo, man, what? fuck that that's not what got me here right you know but a lot of people are not strong enough so when that moment comes they'll just say you know what if what these people are telling me is is right then i can add on to what i've got already right so my existing fans will like me because of what i do now and now all i got to do is change the formula and attract these new people right when you change the formula you lose the people that's been rocking with you there it is you know like keep the formula build on the formula yeah but keep the foundation of what you what got you there in the first place yes and, and you know success will test that man oh definitely it will, will test that you know and uh yeah that's a real one changing yeah. the formula shit okay number three word okay this is one that um it's the opposite of that one yeah but it's kind of the same thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the opposite side of number two which was changing the formula and number three is 
repeating the same thing, mm-hmm. i.e. getting complacent or getting safe. Yeah. Just sitting there, not not doing, not making no moves, not yeah. building. Because just as, as tempting as it is when you're successful to change the formula, it's just as tempting to not change anything because you found something that worked. Right. So you see all these artists where sometimes people say, well, why does all their records sound the same after like the second or third album? After that hit record. Yeah. yeah. After that hit, then every single sounds just like their last hit single yeah. or all of their singles sound the same. And I think it's because a lot of times these artists, they look around and say, okay, well, this is working. If I change anything, mm-hmm. if, I, if I evolve anymore, then this thing could be disturbed. Yeah. So I'm not gonna change anything and uh, I'm going to win just by being the same. Mm-hmm. And, but that rarely happens, right? It rarely happens. What you see in the, in the music industry and what I kind of think happens is that, and I was describing this to somewhere where creating music and being successful in music is different than a lot of other things because what people like in music is largely dictated by popular culture mm-hmm. right and popular culture is not static right so a lot of people think that oh i can make this record in 2010 and because it would have killed in 2010 yeah i can drop it in 2017 because it's still dope right it may be still dope yeah. it is just as dope as when you created it but the problem is that popular culture has changed exactly the the the, the qualities of what people like and what people are attracted to it's, it's a moving target. Mm-hmm. Just because you can hit a bullseye on that target when it's right there, and the 2010 target is not in the same location as the 2017 target. Right. That's somewhere completely different. It might be farther away. It might be 45 degrees the other way. <laughs> you know, it might be behind you. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you aim, where you aimed at in 2010, yes, that was a bullseye. Right. But now that target is not even there anymore. Yeah. You know, because popular culture and culture in general has just moved it. Like what we consider underground hip hop in 2017 is different than what it was in 2001. Yeah, very different. It's different. Very different. Right? What mainstream rap was in 2001 is different than what it is in 2017. Completely different. <laughs> right. And if we thought 2001 wasn't shit, right. 2017, we're really like, yo, this is some other shit. Yeah, this is some, this is some next. Yeah, it's other shit. So it's like, the, the 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 guys who who resist uh evolving i do think you should evolve a little bit naturally and you will naturally i don't right. think anybody naturally will write the same song dozens of times right i think we all evolve as you we have to try more. to do that yeah like you have to put forth effort to not change exactly yeah it's, it's harder to do that than it is to, to change <laughs> right because right? as you get older you naturally change your sensibilities change the mm-hmm. way you see the world changes and so naturally your music your art is a reflection of that but a lot of these artists they will simply say you know what i don't want to change anything because it's safer and i know that people like this or i know that I got the teenage crowd. Mm-hmm. Let me not talk about nothing adult ever. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, people, even though I'm 40. Yeah. Even though I'm 40. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to grow up. I'm still talking about drinking, smoking, right. partying. I'm fucking 40, 45 years old now. Mm-hmm. And I'm still going to project that because that's what I was successful with. And, uh, it's dangerous, man. It's yeah. real fucking dangerous. You know, sometimes it seems like it, uh, it insults the intelligence of the fans. Oh yeah, definitely. Like for them, for you to assume that they don't like you enough to evolve with you mm-hmm. is kind of funny. It's kind of fucked up. Like yo, y'all are stupid. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I change if this. If I change, y'all won't get it. Yeah. yeah. Y- y'all aren't smart enough to go with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute, man. This is music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's almost, sometimes it's not necessarily the artist, it, especially if you're on a mainstream level. Yeah. A lot of times it could be the label. Very true. That don't want you because they see what's working. They see yes. what's popular. Yeah. And they don't want you to evolve as an artist. This is some, you know, some of the problem that Lupe has had, you oh, know, yeah. in his dealings with labels. A lot of artists that you see that end up on independent labels had this issue because yeah. the label didn't see their vision of where they wanted to take their art and they ended up dropping them or ended up putting them, you know, or they ended up, you know, going to a different label or, or, putting out things independently so it's not always the artist because artists i think by by nature we evolve you know by nature we like you said we get older you know we experience different things so we want to write about different things but a lot of times especially if you're in a business relationship with a label you know a lot of times they want to continue to do what works yes and what makes them money yeah totally your growth is not their priority no 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 i don't care about your growth bro <laughs> Are we making money off this growth? Right. Are we making money or what? Yeah, That's the we, question. Can we pay the bills off this? All this advancement and growth that you're, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying you're right. experiencing. Right. Can we monetize this shit? Yeah. If not, who cares? Yeah. Who exactly. cares, man? No. I definitely can say that. Like when I started working on the Adventures and Counterculture record, was the first time I experienced people telling me to just do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't the label, but it was just like people around me. Some people got it immediately. Were like, keep doing that. Yeah. But then there were other people who were like, "Where are you going yeah, with like, this? Whoa! Why don't you what just the hell? Yeah, keep making boombox. Where's the samples at? Yeah, where's the samples? <laughs> where's the big girl need love too? Where the the fun tracks? You know what I'm right. saying? Where's that stuff at? And that was the first time I was like, yo, some people don't want me to change or to evolve because it's just you know they know what's going to sell now they know what's going to be popular mm-hmm. i guess for them and to them it's just uncomfortable seeing someone go somewhere different i get that but at the same time it's like yo man if this is truly who i am then how can i not put out music that reflects that exactly and uh win lose or draw that's when you have to dig deep and decide what kind of artist you're going to be all right because i don't begrudge the artists who 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 acknowledge like hey this is the whatever Gangstar brand, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's boom bap. It, it's straightforward hip hop, and we we're not gonna try to turn into outcast overnight, right? Right. I, I get that because I think that sometimes, you know, tampering with some things can mess it up completely. But for other artists, it's like if you are an artist that evolves and you have put in the time in your craft to turn into an outcast, mm-hmm. because outcast that we know now certainly wasn't who they were when they started, right? But they evolved. They evolved. Yeah. Right. And so I, th- I think that you have to dig deep and have some confidence that, okay, as long as I keep studying, practicing my craft, uh, executing at a high level, that even though I change a little bit, it's going to be so well done that mm-hmm. it will be undeniable. All right. So uh, that's number three. Number three. We'll take a break. Where? Over the last several months, as the podcast has been growing, people have been asking how they can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast. Well, here's three simple ways to support the podcast. Number one, spread the word. This is the easiest and most effective way to support the podcast. In fact, it's free and doesn't cost you a thing. So there's no reason not to do it. If you're listening to us and like what we do, please take a couple of seconds and share the podcast on your social media pages. 
So whether you have Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, it's highly likely that you've got some friends who share similar interests and tastes and would dig the podcast too. That helps bring more listeners to the podcast and it helps us grow. The second way you can help support Super Duty Tough Work is to comment and rate. Now, if you're on iTunes or you have an iTunes account, give your boys that five-star rating. We need that. The more five-star ratings and comments we have, the higher our show ranks and the easier it becomes for people to find it. If you're on SoundCloud, there's a heart icon next to each episode on the left side. That's the like button. Hit that like button while you're listening. Also, add a comment while you're listening and join the discussion. All feedback is welcome. The third way you can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, the most valuable podcast on planet Earth, is to support our music. As you know, Illogic and I are artists. We both put out albums. Illogic makes albums. Buy his albums. I make albums and books. Anytime you support our music, you are supporting the making of the show. You can find my music, books, and t-shirts at waitlist.net. That's the word, waitlist.net. Go there, pick up something, and know that what you spent your money on is an investment back into creative projects like Super Duty Tough Work. In fact, I have a sale going on right now where you can get all three of my books for just $25. I'll even sign the books for you if you request it in your order form. So there you have it. That's three separate ways you can support the podcast. The first two cost you nothing. We thank you for your support already. Back to the show. Appreciate that. Right, that's it. This yeah, sound different now. Yeah. Oh man. I fucking hope so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. The most infamous. Why are we back in the place? Uh man, we done knocked out three of these joints. Yeah. Uh, we on number four? Numero fours. Ooh, this is a deep one. Mm. The high price of success, man. Mm. Things that happen to you when you're successful. Mm. Number four is two many yes men that's so dope dog <laughs> everything you do everything is fire. you do is perfect yeah everything 10 dialogues 10 dialogues your album dialogue 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 just mad dialogues, man. Oh. Yeah, man. Like you can you can do no wrong, man. Like there's one thing I've noticed, man, about cats when they get successful. See, what what people what successful people don't realize is that even if you don't think you're that successful, mm-hmm. someone else oh, yeah. will think that they'll see that and they'll see the opportunity in it. Mm-hmm. And like most artists, whether we like it or not, we have an ego. Yes. And so a lot of artists get played because the person knows that all I got to do to hang out and get some of these benefits is pump up this dude's head. Feed it. Feed the ego. Feed the ego. Feed the monster. Yeah, that's all I got to do is say, you know what, dog? Like, yo, man, you could do no wrong. Just kiss that motherfucker's ass over and over and over again. Next thing you know, you'll be backstage. Mm-hmm. You'll be drinking his beer. Yeah. You'll be getting in his shows free. You'll be fucking girls who want to fuck him. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, any benefit that a famous person has their yes men are there just to get that as oh, yeah, well. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you got a second crib, blah, blah, blah. Let me know if you need somebody to watch it, dog. Mm-hmm. 
Then they at your crib, smoking your weed, fucking your bitch, like doing all the shit that you would do mm-hmm. that you had to earn. Like you had to be dope at something to get that. Yeah, you put work in. All they had to do was kiss your ass. And you allowed that. And they got it. Yeah. It's crazy. So like you see these crews are just like, they're very dysfunctional, but 90% of the guys are there because they strictly just kiss that guy's ass. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and only the true friends would be like, yo, that needs some work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The true, the true homies yes. that's been there yes. forever that was telling you you was whack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that tell you what was whack before you got successful are the same dudes that's going to be like, yo, that's not tight. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You need to tighten this up. Yeah. Don't put that song on the record because that's not. Right. That's not it. Because when you're when you're broke and unsuccessful, mm-hmm. people will keep it funky with you. Oh yeah, definitely. Because they don't have nothing to gain from or lose. Like, yeah, they're just like, look, yeah, this shit's not hot. Right. Keep working though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you're like successful, it becomes very hard to put trusted people around you to give you honest feedback. Yeah. And uh, you you don't really understand that until you become successful. Like I I advise all artists on all levels to have a circle of people you can trust. And even guys I know who are successful, when I watch them, I say, oh, I notice that they also have like a circle, mm-hmm. a small circle of people they can trust with their art who can be honest with them. All right. Um, but the guys I know who come up and are in and out for a second, they're just like they don't last. Mm-hmm. They don't last because those dudes around them become self-destructive they just destroy their whole shit fuck their relationships up with clubs and management and booking agents and everything man it's just it's fucked up it can be it can get really bad yeah when we were on tour i remember we were on tour with killer priest mm-hmm. and he started the tour with mad yes men and he had to send them dudes home yeah it whittled down yeah quickly. it whittled down quick he had all kind of homies there the first night when we got there they was in the studio and recording he was like yeah we're going on the road with priest yeah. Two, they didn't even make it out of Texas, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It took I remember one of them said something crazy to me one day, and I was just like, man, you don't get the fuck about here with that shit. Yeah. I was like, who's this guy? You know what I'm saying? And then I think somebody told Priest that he said it to me. And then Priest came up, I was like, yo, man, I'm bad about that fool, man. I'm about to get him up out of here anyway. <laughs> Thanks, man. He's like, this dude just don't want to leave. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I remember we got to like, was it Houston or something? And he put that dude on a Greyhound bus and sent him home. Mm. But to my knowledge, I mean, the dude never rapped. He was just there. He didn't do merch. He didn't like, what did he do? He didn't DJ. Yeah. He was just a yes man. That's wild. And uh, Priest had to get rid of that fool. And uh, But th- but that, hey, this Wu-Tang. Yeah. And, and that level of success is going to get you a lot of random dudes who want to just hang out. Mad randoms. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Because, I mean, just seeing Wu-Tang shows, it's yeah. already nine dudes in the group, yeah. right? Yeah, with nine you know posses. With nine yeah. posses. Therefore, <laughs> there's like 220 people on stage. <laughs> right. There's the potentiality you know of 220 dudes to be there. Right. Yeah, man. It's so bad, man. And you only know just nine. Yeah, you nine. Know, you, know you know what I'm saying? Nine of them. Yeah. So yeah. that's wild. Yeah, man. So that was a uh, too many men. Too many yes men. Oh, okay. Number four. Number four. I'll let you do number five. Number five. Burning bridges. Man, say that one again. Burning bridges. <sighs> Letting go of the people that helped you get to where you are. Or just being an asshole. Or just being a dick. Yep. <laughs> just being a dick. And then people don't want to fuck with you no more. 
just being a dick for no reason. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I got here on my own. Oh yeah, yeah. The self-made man. Yeah, self-made. No help. S- somehow just comes out, comes to the forefront as soon as everything is successful. Yeah, nobody put that deposit down on that on that studio time <laughs> for you, bruh. Who I trust? Me, that's who. <laughs> <laughs> who built this? Me, that's who. Right. Turning the scarface on you. Who I trust? Me, that's who. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it happens, man. And, and, you know, this is something you see with people who just think they're successful. Oh, yeah. You don't have to really even be successful. Right, right. Just think you the shit. You get just enough clout Mm -hmm. to be able to be a dick. Yeah. And that shit will come out so quickly with dudes, man. Yeah. And uh, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, but I get it because you got to think. Some people, when they're struggling to come up, they get faced with a lot of resistance. Oh, yeah. And in the back of their mind, they're not thinking... I mean, they should be thinking, okay, when I get successful, you know, I want to take care of my family, my friends. I want to be, you know, respected and esteemed. They're thinking when I get successful, I'm going to rub this in your motherfucking yeah. face. When I get, I can't wait to get successful <laughs> so I can get the fuck away from all of y'all. Right. And any of y'all who try to be nice, I'm going to let y'all know. <laughs> I'm going to remind y'all yeah. on the way up that y'all wasn't shit. Right. And I'm going to be a dick. So mm-hmm. you never forget. Why? Because I'm successful now. And uh, man, it leads to a lot of problems, man. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is that, you know, I mean, success is relative, right? Mm-hmm. So to a guy who's never seen anything, success to him might be something. So, oh, I can get this again. Right. This is nothing. I can, I can, you know, maybe I'm selling out a 200 cap room and this is, this ain't shit. Mm-hmm. I can be an asshole and still do this. Right. They're not thinking about the fact that, hey, well, wait a minute. You know what I mean? You can always go down. Right. Like your career trajectory is not guaranteed to go up. Oh, yeah. I mean, and if that's all you want is to out sell out a 200 cap room for the rest of your life. Yeah. You might just get that. You might get that. Yeah. But you can blow. You can fucking around and lose that. Right. By burning enough bridges. Like yeah. it took bridges to get you to that point. Exactly. So so you can't assume that, yo, I'm going to just maintain this by myself within, you know, with being an asshole to these people. And it won't work. And, and, you know, as you and I have seen, touring wise, it's a small circuit. Very small. Like everybody know everybody. Everybody know everybody. All these promoters know promoters in their neighboring cities. Mm -hmm. And those promoters know people in their neighboring city. And all these people deal with each other multiple times a year. So you can't really assume that just because you're a dick to one he's not gonna tell the other people right or you're an asshole to this one on that yo this i've seen burning bridges and being an asshole and things of that nature like keep guys off the road get them fired like you can get literally get fired mm-hmm. for for burning bridges while you're on a tour like yes. while you're out there trying to make money they could it's basically like losing your job yes just because you couldn't treat people right mm-hmm. and that's a shame you, you put all this work in on your art but didn't put the necessary work in on yourself to not be a jerk yeah and some people you, just can't help it man yeah so that's number five yes sir Woo, number six this is real right here <laughs> is it the real one <laughs> is it all this, this is a reality right here yeah, this, I've, I've seen i've seen this you see this in, i've seen this one in people that i know yes and i've seen this just watching you know celebrities but yeah. go ahead hit them with so it so number six this is the high price of success number six is you look at money as the solution to all of your problems. Mm. Let's say that again. Mm. You look at money as the solution to all of your problems. Mm. 
all it takes is getting a little bit of money. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're just like, why should I put in work? Yeah. Why do I have to? Why should I spend time? Yeah. Practice? I just write the check. What about practice? Practice? practice. I'm talking about practice. I'm talking about practice. Not a game. Practice. <laughs> rehearsal? You don't rehearsal? Not rehearsal. I'm just going to buy some lights. Right. And I don't got to do nothing on stage. Yeah. You know, so you know how much I pay my DJ? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like, what, what you see is when people get, when people don't have money, and I'll, I'll, I'll preface this with, like, maybe about a month ago, I read, uh, uh, Damon is it Damon John from Shark Tank? Oh yeah, he's mm-hmm. got a book called The Power of Broke. Mm. Dope, dope, dope book. Mm-hmm. I, I I checked out the audio version of that when I was driving around to a show, and uh, that book really hits home the idea or the premise that money doesn't really solve problems. Creativity does, mm-hmm. but what you often have in situations is that you have the people who, when they didn't have money. They were creative as fuck. Yeah. They could find a solution to every obstacle that was in their path. They could get around it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we don't have distribution. Oh, we'll distribute hand to hand. Oh, we don't have good materials. Oh, we'll get materials from these people. Or we'll cut a deal with those person. Oh, we'll cut out, we'll, we'll work some deal out with this person. Oh, we need venues. Oh, we'll get that. Like, but when the same people become successful, all of a sudden the creativity is thrown aside and all they want to do is write a check. Yeah. And they think that all I have to do is throw money at every obstacle and I'll be successful. I can buy my way out. I can buy my way out because mm-hmm. I've made it to this point. But what they forget is that, no, you didn't make it to that point because you had money. Mm-hmm. You made it to that point because you were creative. Right. You were creative in what you created and you were creative in how you solved problems. And that's how you got money in the first place. The, yes. <laughs> Thank you. They forget that. Yeah. They, think, they think I've got money uh, and now money begets more money. Money, right. money will help me get more money. It's like, no, bruh. No. Creativity will get you money. Like how you solve your problems is one of the the, the strongest assets of, of a creative person. And uh, the longer you try to write checks uh, and avoid true problem solving, the, the less you'll grow and the more money you'll waste on dumb stuff, man. That's so true. So true. I don't, I don't really got nothing to add. It's bars, man. <laughs> Cause uh, yeah, we've all seen it. We've yeah. all seen it. Oh yeah, where guys will think, oh well, if I just, if I just get the, you know, the the whatever, I get the the two thousand dollar month publicist, mm-hmm. twenty five hundred dollar month publicist, then people will like my record. Right. That's it. I don't have to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't have to set it up with my fans. I don't have to put work in on my record. Right. I don't have to put work in on the record. I just need the publicist, mm-hmm. and when I hire them, they'll carry the ball for me and do all the heavy lifting and uh that's not a creative solution that's not a marketing plan not at all a marketing plan is not hire the publicist no the publicist is there to 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 facilitate people who already are interested right right like they can't create interest in you for a whack product you see what i'm saying but people when they get money they think oh let me just hire them and then i ain't gotta think about it right let me just hire that person and i ain't gotta put in the work it's like, oh, you know what? Well, I ain't even gonna go do this because I could just hire my man's over there, and <laughs> he's good at this. He already do this. Yeah, he do this. Yeah. And then you end up getting something back you're not happy with, mm-hmm. and then you look crazy, and it just doesn't reflect you and what made you special. And uh, be very careful because, like we, like we're saying, when you're broke, when yeah. you're not successful yet. <sighs> You're the most creative dude you on the planet. You come up with all kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your Rolodex is banging. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> your, your networking is stronger. Yeah. 
you know, you're seeing more opportunities. But then once you reach any level of success, trust me, there's going to be a heavy temptation to try to solve all your problems with money. Mm-hmm. And that will make you broke faster than ever. And it will rob you of your creativity that got you to that point. True. So that's number six. Yeah. Number seven. You become distant from your fans. Say that one again, man. You become distant from your fans. Everybody's down there, and now you're up here on this pedestal. Yep. You know, and the thing is that that we see a lot, especially with mainstream artists, is that the ones that are truly successful are the ones that do their best to maintain a relationship with their fan base. They don't sit on a mountaintop and look down at the peasants that buy their records. They actually interact with them. You know, they actually do stuff that is, you know, exciting to their fans. Yep. Yep. And this kind of goes hand in hand with the last one. Like when you see artists who are coming up, who are ascending up that ladder of popularity, a lot of times their entire approach to marketing a product is very personable. Mm -hmm. It's like, how can I establish a rapport with my fans and tell my story in a way to where these people support me? When they become successful, all of a sudden they think, well, I've got people tuned in now. Mm-hmm. I don't need to talk to them anymore. Right. Now, now you stop, you start forgetting that they're actually people. Mm-hmm. They're just markets. Right. They're just profiles on social media. You know, they're just, this is Facebook. Who cares about Facebook? It's just Instagram. They're not real people. I don't have to respond to any of their comments or talk to them. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm fucking blueprint. I'm successful. I fuck them. Like people take that attitude and that attitude it's very harmful to what you do because in this era where a bad Google review or a bad Yelp review mm-hmm. can sink a business, you best believe that it can sink an arrogant artist. Oh yeah. Just easily. as fast, right? faster. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and in this interconnected world we're in never underestimate how important personal relationships were in making you successful and how important they will be in keeping you successful. Yeah, because that's one of the things that got us to the point of success because of how we toured, because, you know, we were very personable with our fans. We did a lot of I mean, we did house shows. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like we were there, you know, face to face with our friends before social media, before yes. Facebook, before Twitter, before Instagram. The merch existed. table was social media. Yeah, the, the merch <laughs> table. Like we sat at the merch, even on the big tours. Yeah. When we had merch guys, yep. we still went to the merch table to sell our merchandise. Yep. And meet our fans, shake hands, kiss babies, take pictures, all of that stuff. You know, just just a smile to a fan of yours. You don't know what that really means to them. Yeah. You know, in the long run, especially if you're one of their favorite artists or they love your record for some reason or a song got them through something in their lives. Like just a handshake and a smile from you as a fan. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's it's priceless. And a lot of people take that shit for granted. I agree. I agree. So that's number seven. Numero seven. I will right, take a break. Yep. To all the fans of Super Duty Tough Work across the country, if you've been listening to the podcast lately, then you know that I'm in the process of releasing my first film titled King No Crown that I directed, edited, and scored. In an attempt to bring this film to as many places as possible, we've set up a bunch of screenings in different cities across the United States. While this list isn't complete yet, I do have a number of screenings that are confirmed and I would like to see you at. Here is the list. On Wednesday, August 16th, we'll be premiering the movie in Sioux Falls, South Dakota 
at the Icon Lounge. On Thursday, August 17th, we'll be premiering the movie in Fargo, North Dakota at the Aquarium. On Friday, August 18th, we'll be premiering the movie in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the Parkway Theater. On Thursday, September 21st, we'll be holding a screening in Dayton, Ohio at the Neon Theater. On Saturday, September 23rd, we'll be holding a screening in Buffalo, New York at Faux Real. On Friday, October 13th, we'll be doing a screening in Orlando, Florida at Cole. And on Sunday, October 15th, we'll be doing one in Pinellas Park, Florida, right outside of St. Petersburg at the Terra Nova Club. I will be in attendance at all these screenings and I will be doing a Q&A session afterwards. So I hope to see you in attendance. That's all for now. Back to the show. Word the fuck up. Back, back. Uh, uh. Super duty. Yeah. Doing God's work. <laughs> As per usual. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know? So yeah, man, the high price of success. Yeah, it's a very high price. It's funny, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a conversation about this before. No. Nah. We don't talk about this. No, nah, because a lot of people want every most people believe that once you get successful, then that's the shit and life is good. Yeah. There's no you know, you only you know, people think that the down the downside of it is what's played in you know tmz yeah you know what i'm saying and it's it's a rare occurrence like this shit is more real and more regular than you think you know on all levels of success and and to be quite honest i mean i would think that like some of these things actually are what plays into people falling off Mm -hmm. so like these are like the opposite rules of what you did when you were unsuccessful right. the things that made you successful you start doing the opposite mm-hmm. and then they make you unsuccessful right and you're like oh well what happened well it's probably one of these 10 things that we <laughs> yeah <laughs> we named remember, remember you being an asshole on the last tour you was on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was just one of the five things that you <laughs> fucked up on right five rules you broke okay so uh we're on number eight mm-hmm. mm. okay yeah this is a real one so this is the high price of success so People's true self and insecurities come out on a bigger platform. Oh my goodness! When you when you <laughs> broke, you know, it's kind of like alcohol. Yeah, it's kind of like booze. Success is like booze. Yes. You see, I was never the guy, even though I, I I'm a self. You know, I will admit that I was an alcoholic. You know, I had a problem drinking, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing I didn't do, I never told myself that alcohol made me an asshole right 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 i would people would say oh it's okay that such and such is an asshole because they're drunk and i would always say no they're an asshole all the time <laughs> yeah they've been an asshole alcohol gives you an excuse and a larger platform to be an asshole on this is so true success is just like alcohol because success gives you a huge platform that really like uh just magnifies the asshole that was already in you success doesn't make you an asshole you were an asshole waiting on success (laughs) success gives assholes platforms right there are a lot of broke assholes Uh out here every day we deal with them cashiers Uh you know mechanics bmv workers workers. they're assholes but they're broke yeah they're not successful they're not famous right so we tolerate their assholishness But a famous asshole is different. It's worse. A successful asshole is like a drunk asshole. (laughs) Loud, 
belligerent obnoxious yeah obnoxious and un- un- unable to be ignored right that's the difference it's all the same though it's mm-hmm. the same fucking drug success is a drug just like alcohol is a drug man yeah. it's fucking crazy <laughs> And I can say this because I have, I have experienced both. Yes. And I can definitely say that like success and alcohol are similar. Very much so. Motherfucker, it's a high. Mm-hmm. Success is a fucking high. Why do you think people act so crazy when they get success? Because they don't want to give it up. They don't want to come down from the high. Yeah. I mean, it is a term saying drunk off success. Yes. You know, it's a reason. That is a term. And that's not just a fucking um, uh, colloquialism. That yeah. shit is the realness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is real. It's so real. People don't understand. They think success is just being successful is just like being broke. No, it's not. No. Kanye is a great example. Yeah. 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 Because a lot of people that knew Kanye, like I've seen, you know, things about Kanye before he was famous. Everybody knew Kanye was an arrogant asshole. Before. Before he was famous. Come on, man. Now it's just you highlighted right because right. he's rich and he's famous and he's still the same asshole that he's always been exactly he just got money now and now he's on tv being an asshole thank you kanye was no different than bmv guy that was the <laughs> asshole right you know what i'm saying he was just like the drive-through guy who said hey yo man your fries ain't ready or forgot your order right and then blamed it on you well you didn't say you wanted fries right that was kanye <laughs> You're like, dog, I did tell you I want fries. Right. I told you. I said the combo. That was the first thing I said, bro. No, man, sorry. Let me talk to your manager. I'm the manager. You know? (laughs) (laughs) That's... That was Kanye. Uh, the only difference is that is instead of it being an isolated incident with a person who's just you know unsuccessful, now he's just massively successful. Right. So any assholeish thing he does is just broadcast. Yeah, it's amplified. Yeah, but it just it's no different, man. So like your true self come out on a bigger platform. Now let's also add the other part: your insecurities. Mm. People who have deep 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 insecurities seem to think that becoming successful will erase those insecurities oh hell no if you had body image if you had like anything about your your personality self-esteem issues before you were famous Bruh. best believe becoming famous will only make them worse oh, man. when you see famous people and all of a sudden you say well she was an attractive woman why does she have a, a fake butt why does she have facial you know what i'm saying yeah, why, why she, she got all that plastic surgery, surgery yeah. and, and caked up makeup and i've never seen her look natural why does she look so crazy it's because fame didn't do that to them mm-hmm. they were always insecure yeah Fame gave them a platform to fix it publicly. Right. They would have done that though. That they would have done all the same surgeries if they were had the money and not famous. Right. Like, if they were able to. Yeah. If that shit was two ninety nine, you best believe that person would have got a fucking the fake lips. Like, right. yo, hey man, you can get the fucking uh, Botox for two ninety nine. Oh shit, three dollars. It's going down. It's going down. <laughs> I'm broke as hell. I'm getting Botox. Right. right. It's the, the difference is that it costs two. It costs thousands of dollars. Yes. yes. So broke people can't get Botox but bet you believe these same insecure broke motherfuckers would get Botox ASAP mm-hmm. and so it's not the money that corrupted them the money just gave them a platform and it just it just gave them an opportunity to really just just put that fucking insecurity on the forefront man yeah, yeah. and it sucks yeah it sucks but it but the, but the truth is that look man if never assume that making money or being successful in and of itself will fix you 
No, no. right. It may fix some of your financial problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it may fix like certain things in your career, whatever mm-hmm. career you're in, right? Like becoming massively successful in your career fixes your career, right? right? And it, and it fixes your money problems. You have more money, but don't believe that it fixes you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fix what's fucked up about you. Yeah, it's like the saying, "Money doesn't buy happiness." It really doesn't. Yeah, it well, doesn't. It, if you fucked up, yeah, you, before you got money, you gonna yeah, you'll you find gonna, something to be miserable about. You gonna be, you might be more fucked up with money right. because you everything is highlighted, everything right. is amplified, magnified. Yeah, I mean, you you see these motherfuckers get rich, and what's the fuck first thing they do? They like look at Mike Tyson for example. <laughs> like Mike Tyson had such a bad image of himself after making hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. After being able to probably, he was probably one of the top five. He was him and Michael Jordan were like the most popular athletes yeah, of the of their times, late eighties, yeah. early nineties, nineties, yeah. right? Like Jordan and Tyson, that was it. And they were up there with like Michael Jackson level, yes, fame. Yeah, yeah. Mike, what's the difference between Jordan and fucking Tyson? Is Tyson has a goddamn tattoo on the side of his face? Oh, huge fucking tattoo on the side because of his face. His image of himself was so fucked up that he thought, you know what? I'm so ugly and fucked up. I might as well just. Put something on my face to just fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Right. That wasn't something that was 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 only contingent upon the money. Mm-hmm. He always had a problem with self-esteem and, and, and family issues and things he hadn't dealt with. Mm-hmm. And because he hadn't faced those demons when he was broke, once he got a hundred million, two hundred million, five hundred million, it was too late. Mm-hmm. All of those things are the same reason that he self-destructed and he wasn't able to maintain what he had. True. So uh yeah. That yeah. was that was number eight? Number eight. Okay, we getting there, man. We almost there. Yeah, almost there. So number nine. Woo! Oh, go man. in, Sean, go in, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Not developing a public versus private persona. Uh this goes back to the last one. Mm. See motherfuckers. When, <laughs> when you get famous, the worst thing you can do is like not as is assumed that like you can be the same person that you were when you didn't know anybody right like when no one knew you some people will they'll become famous or they'll get famous and then all of a sudden they'll like like look at hollywood stars for example Mm -hmm. when no one knew you in hollywood you could go to the bar yeah you could bag a random broad Mm -hmm. you could have a one night stand and it was cool then you become famous you bag the broad somebody's taping it <laughs> right tmz is broadcasting it. there's pictures of you getting in the car yeah you know? her on the walk of shame right leaving your apartment yeah all of a sudden <laughs> your public persona is fucking up your private life right right and what i think people really gotta understand is like you gotta give up that when you become successful. Yeah, there's certain there's certain things that you can no longer do. Yes. You Cer- can't get you can't go to the bar and get drunk. No. And and stagger home. And, you know what I'm and saying? And think no one's gonna and, say anything. Yeah, like you can't you can't get a DUI. No. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not it's not normal. You know what I'm saying? It's no. not something that you can get away with. Yes. And I would add on to that. When you become a public figure, your opinion is not warranted the same way it was when you're private when you're private you could talk shit about anything anybody any place anytime yeah. and your friends are gonna be like ha 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 yeah dog you right yeah right. yeah yeah but what happens when you famous you say those same comments it's on the front page of every website yes uh the person who you were talking shit about is mad at you now you gotta have a conversation with them yeah you gotta fire off some apology texts <laughs> 
you know, you gotta make it right. Yeah, it's yeah. not cool, but it's it's all because you never acknowledge that you need to develop a public and a private persona as a public figure man yeah. it sucks for all of us but the truth of the matter is that there's limits man like i have a personal facebook but you've seen it yeah i don't post nothing personal in there right and that's we can't we can't dog can't. I've, I've made that mistake many a times yes you have you know what I'm saying? I, I seen it <laughs> we can't we can't man there's this is one of the reasons why you know because i thought about at one point um, and I think I talked to you about it, um, like doing reviews of albums on my website. Yeah. Just to do it. You know what I'm saying? And I think we did have the conversation where like we our opinion is different from the average writer or average person's opinion, because if we talking shit yes. about, you know, our peers. Yes. Then it becomes a thing. Why are you talking about his album? Your album <laughs> wasn't even dope. Right. Your album wasn't better, Logic. Right. <laughs> you hate you. Right. Then we hate it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He would he would smoke you on the track, ill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So it's like we we have to watch what we say and watch what we do. You know, especially in public, like in our private. When the mics is off, yes. You know what I'm saying. We can talk about whatever we want. Oh my gosh! If you guys had any idea the conversations <laughs> we have on this podcast <laughs> off air, right? You would be like, this is the most wildest shit ever. Because like we say a lot on here. Oh, we say a lot of shit off air. Oh my gosh. The stuff we say off air is just like three or four times more potent and controversial. <laughs> so real. Because we know that if we put these opinions out there, if we said some of this stuff, it would be entertaining. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. But it would get us in trouble. <laughs> With our friends, family, family, yeah. fans, everybody. Everybody would hate us. Everyone was, oh my God, did he really say that? <laughs> That's that's crazy. Wow. I mean, he's kind of right, but that's fucked up. He shouldn't be saying that, <laughs> right? Because right. he's a public figure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so we have to acknowledge it. But you see a lot of artists, though, public figures, not even just artists. Just uh, this is one of the main issues of inner turmoil for them. Mm -hmm. They have a hard time adjusting to not having the same public life that other people have. Yeah. and it's unfortunate but you do have to sacrifice when you become successful at something uh, becoming successful at something means that like you can't say the same things everyone else does mm -hmm. it means you can't do the same things everyone else does it means you can't like you can't you can't be like them anymore because you've done something to stand out from them mm -hmm. and now that you've done something to stand out from them you can't you can't put the toothpaste back in a tube now right it's, it's too late you're, you're out there you're a public figure and because you're a public figure, you're going to have to move accordingly and and you're going to be judged harshly for things that they can get away with saying. Yeah. No this, one judges them. This is why I don't understand why people do reality shows. Like I have to turn I would I, if yeah. I was if I was uber famous. Yeah. Like I would have to turn the camera off at some point in yeah. my life. Like I would have to be able to be in my house and be able to fucking walk around in my drawers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Like I can't I don't understand the reality show life like the reality show choice. Like granted, you know, that's how some of these people that are famous that have reality shows got famous. Oh, that's why. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But the people that are famous and then they make that choice yeah, it's like do dog it. like i can do it I, at what point is it is it too much yeah i mean i'm in the same boat man i don't think i could do it for that same reason where it's like the longer we do this the more i feel like we try the longer i try to carve out times and places where i'm not seen mm -hmm. you know like when when you first start you're trying to fight as much as possible to be seen right and then once you're seen you're kind of like well 
how can I steal some moments to myself? What mm-hmm. can I keep to myself? You know, yeah. whether that's when I go visit family, mm-hmm. you know, whereas other people are fighting to to be seen. They want to tweet about every experience. They want to Snapchat everything right. to keep everyone plugged in. But to me, it's like, I know that that's when I'm at my most unhappy. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do it related to my family or if I got if I want to talk about some personal maybe I'll put it in a song right that's my way of doing it right but I have a hard time taking that leap and accepting like that reality TV culture yeah as it applies to my career I, I, I just I would be super unhappy you know what I'm saying all the time I'm, all the time I would be unhappy I would be unhappy doing my art yeah and that's the whole reason for doing my art is for happiness you know what I'm saying it's for you know, when I when I, I'm I'm at my most happy when I'm writing a song, when I'm recording, when I'm making a beat. You know what I'm saying? Like those are just happy times for me. And I would I would feel like that is a burden if every time I made a beat or did a song, there was a camera in my face. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to take a picture of everything that I'm doing or I had to make sure I'm tweeting whenever I'm writing a bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I couldn't do that, man. Yeah. And, and maybe that's, you know, some people I think it's it's some people they come up and they're just like you know what this is what's normal you know we've grown up in a you know the 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 camera phone era Mm -hmm. where everything is broadcast and we're not just uh sitting out here and saying oh well you know uh you know folklore like we we have battles that weren't on camera oh yeah you know we had we had instances and situations like oh man remember blah 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 right yeah that was so dope and we reminisce but there's no footage Mm mm-hmm now we're in an era where all the kids like they're reminiscing about things that have footage yeah they saw it and they want to relive it and see it again and if it ain't on camera then it don't count right and uh, us is a little different man and i i don't think that's a bad thing i think no matter what you do if you become successful enough to be known you're gonna have to carve out ways in which to keep your private life private yeah and rules you're gonna have to make some concessions and you're gonna have to decide early on this is the these are the areas in which I feel comfortable sharing. These are the areas in which I don't. And these areas I'm going to keep to myself, mm-hmm. because if you don't have that balance, you're going to go out there. You're going to be sharing everything. Then you're going to be getting judged on everything. Yeah. And when, as you're getting judged on everything and there's going to be people who are talking shit and people who are negative, you're going to struggle with this. You're not going to be able to create a, a private persona once you're goddamn, you know, big as Mike Tyson. Right. Right. And um. It's tough, man. I see people people struggle with it. They throw their whole careers away because they don't know how to deal with people mm-hmm. or because they didn't draw the line. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of stories about um, about like popular YouTubers burning out and disappearing. Yeah. And I think that that to me is a, a, a definite sign that this public versus private persona is causing inner conflict mm-hmm. you know when you're a youtuber you're you're doing video as it is right so you're personally there your people are watching your face watching you and you're making these comments and people are commenting on you they're commenting on what you have to say and you're you're putting everything about your life out there how do you turn it off right i mean these people aren't phasing out they're just quitting and disappearing mm-hmm. it says something man yeah definitely does so uh that was number nine yes sir all right, last joint. Last joint. Number 10. Mm. I'm going to let you say this one, son, because this was crazy. Too much 
access. Say it again, man. Too much access. I think the people in the back need to hear you, Lavoie. Too much access. <laughs> yeah, man. Too much access. Get that man whatever he want. Mm, what you need? What you need, it's son? It's on me. Yo, legal or illegal, let me know. Yo, he ain't got to pay. <laughs> whatever whatever he want, he good. Yeah. You want bottles? We got yeah. bottles. Oh, you want drugs? We got drugs. Yeah. Oh, you need some girls? Yeah. We got girls. Yeah. Oh, man. Money? Got it. Yeah. Free food? We got you. Yeah. All the pleasures of life. Yes. If you are successful, they come easier. Oh, man. Too much access. No one tells you that when you're unsuccessful. Yeah. Just on a just on a lighter note. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't start drinking until we was on the road. Me either. And <laughs> part of the reason of that is because shit was free. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Every show, especially in the, you know, in the in the peak of my touring career. Yes. Every show, dog, like on my rider, I had me and Prism, we had what was it? What did we have? We had two bottles of Jaeger <laughs> and yeah. a bottle of Jack. That was our rider. That's all That's we it. asked for. No food. No food. No water. No towels. Towels to wipe your sweaty face. <laughs> we had two bottles of Jaeger and a bottle of Jack <laughs> on every rider, dog. And we would take them back to the hotel. Yep. One for the night, one for the bar. Yep. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> Too much access. Too much access, man. Too much access. It, it, nah, it's not good. And they don't tell you that. When you're successful, you think, okay, the reason I want to be, well, when you're not successful, you're like, the reason I want to get successful is so I can have access to everything. Yeah. So I can just have everything. I want to be like them. I want to, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Mm. But no one tells you that, like, there's no limits. <laughs> there's no limits. There's no, it's like, bad, dude. there's no one saying, hey, man, that's too much. Yes. Hey, man, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I, hey, you should draw the line right there. Damn. Hey, man, be careful. Don't fuck with them. There's no one telling you that nah. you become successful you automatically have the doors wide open and everything behind these mysterious doors is, is yours yes so whatever it is that your vice is best believe that success will give you access to more of it than you could ever imagine dog if you like candy you're gonna have unlimited candy any kind of candy you want you like coke nose candy <laughs> yep. you got plenty of that you know you want you like whatever i like a certain kind of woman you're gonna have unlimited access mm-hmm. to that you want uh whatever whatever your vice is alcohol whatever you're going to have more access to that than you ever could imagine and that access if not handled properly is going to come back to haunt you oh hell yeah man i mean i remember being on tour you know, I, I think it was I think it was one of the um, idea and abilities tours. We went to an after party, dude. I was offered heroin. I was oh, offered. Wow. I mean, like seriously, I was offered coke. Oh yeah. I was. I mean, of course, weed. There was opium there. There was. I mean, dog. <laughs> they had everything. I'm, I'm saying like there every was drug. every drug available. <laughs> Shrooms. Like whatever. It was like up in this one room in the yeah. house, and it was a big ass house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was up in this one room <laughs> where it was like, dog. You know, if you go up here, you can get whatever you want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't believe them, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm just you just Columbus saw everything boy. like yeah. weed and I alcohol. Like, I was like, yeah, oh yeah, everything. Okay, I I, I do want to get high. All right, I'm gonna go <laughs> get some weed. I go up here, man. There's people doing lines. This cat's tying off. I'm like, oh, this is too fucking much. I gotta get the fuck out of here. This shit ain't. This shit is not working. You know, and I mean, and we were successful, but just imagine, the, oh. just imagine the multimillionaires. That's what I tell people, man. Like, I, some people they don't get it. Yeah. They they don't get like they'll see something happen to a celebrity mm-hmm. and they'll be like, ah, it doesn't make any sense. They should have just said, I said, yo, man, you don't know what that person has been offered on that level. Right. You know, like I said, look, 
I've only seen the scandalous shit that people will do for blueprint, a logic, atmosphere. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that Soul shit position. is pretty, pretty serious. Yeah, that can be very real. <laughs> yes. What the fuck do I know about what a guy like a Kurt Cobain sees, or the or or an NBA player sees, right. or Tom Brady? Can you imagine the poon that gets thrown at Tom Brady? <laughs> you couldn't, you like, because his fame, like, whatever his fame is times ours by every metric, you could say, oh, Prince got seventeen thousand uh, Twitter followers. Tom Brady's got twenty-seven point two million. Right. Multiply that multiple is how much more poon he gets thrown. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So that shit is by a factor of twenty-seven million. <laughs> so that means he right. gets twenty-seven million times more poon thrown at him right. than Blueprint ever could imagine. Right. And but but by the same token, the average guy on Facebook or on Twitter who might have two hundred followers, right, and I, or I might have seventeen thousand. Best believe I'm getting seventeen thousand exactly more. <laughs> exactly. Yes, more more poon thrown at me. That's the exactly. factor. Exactly. Times seventeen thousand. <laughs> right. If right. I if I put that energy out there, that's what it is. Right. And now that's what you have to understand. Oh, you get offered weed. Psh, imagine how much weed I get offered. Right. Right. Oh, <laughs> you get offered free food. Imagine how much free food Tom Brady gets offered. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like completely fucking different yeah and people don't understand they understand money but you don't understand the combination of a motherfucker who's famous and rich that's something that the average person can never understand yeah. we've had a small peek into fame yeah a small peak yes very small window for us not 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 as big mm-hmm and we even see that, yo, this corrupts some people. Oh, yeah. This can take you down. It can take you out. Like you're saying, you leave the party next thing you know, you're doing heroin. Right. Dudes are giving you drugs that you ain't ever seen in person. Right. Like, damn, is that what heroin looks like? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly what I was I thinking. I've seen like, this shit in movies. That's what that shit looks like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, damn. Y'all still doing that? Yeah. Damn. I thought this died in the fucking early 80s, like late 70s. Y'all yeah. still doing heroin and shit. Young motherfuckers doing it. Right. Yeah. Like, but this this is what happens when you become successful. And so you, as a person who's trying to become successful, you have to prepare. Yeah. You have to say, look, this is what's going to happen on the other side of that door. Mm-hmm. I don't care what I'm into. Everything that I enjoy, I will automatically have no barriers to that. Right. And, and, and it will be offered to me in multiples of anything that I've ever seen as a regular guy. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready for that, pretty soon your career is going to be about all that extra stuff mm-hmm. and not about what got you there yeah and that was always my biggest fear my biggest fear was yo this shit is just this is not the cake this is the icing on the cake like the cake is my career it's the art it's the craft it's it's what we've done that that we feel good about but then all the extra shit oh two bottles of jägermeister you know uh, what i'm saying the yeah. free weed every now and again that shit is the icing mm-hmm. a lot of people they they look at the opposite. They they become successful, and then all the extra stuff they got access to becomes the cake itself. Yeah. And they start doing it for the cake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like yo man, no, that's not really that's the icing, man. Yeah. You don't do this for the fucking icing. You yeah. do this for the fucking cake. Losing sight. Yeah. And so it's it, it's uh it's dangerous, man. It's super dangerous. Now I, I don't want people to think that we hate success. No, no. Or that this is some kind of bashing success at all. No, success is great. You just got to know how to handle all the things that come with success and navigate your way through it. Exactly. Access, boy. That shit will kick your ass. (sighs) Man. Man. (laughs) Like, and 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 it sucks because I think one of the things that 
I really regret about my touring life is that I drunk so much because it's a lot of shit that I don't remember. Yeah, it's a lot of shit that I know happened, but I heard via yep. you know like second hand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That was it that I experienced that I don't remember because I was fucking drunk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I was fucking high, or I was too high, or I was sleep because I was so fucked up the night before <laughs> that I. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. it's just so much shit. So you know that's one of the things that I fucking regret. Yeah, no, same here, man. Yeah. Same here. Like, like, what's the point? And this, I think I wrote about this uh, one of my blogs when I stopped drinking. Like, what's the point of living an amazing life if you're too drunk or high to remember the amazing things that happened? Yeah. Like, you might as well just be a, a goofy ass normal motherfucker and just disappear, be a nobody. Why be exceptional at anything if you're not even going to take the time to remember and appreciate those memories and moments? Yeah. And uh, it's something to think about, man. Definitely is. But yeah, the high price of success. Yeah, man. That's it. Yeah. I'm going to read these back. Yeah, hit them back. Okay. So uh, we got 10 of these joints. The high price of success. You know, these are things that happen when you become successful that nobody tells you about. So number one, you start trusting people that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Number two, you start changing your formula. Number three, creatively, you repeat the same thing. You become complacent. Or you get safe. Number four, you become surrounded by too many yes men. Number five, burning bridges. You burn too many bridges. Number six, you look at money as the solution to all your problems. Number seven, you become distanced from your fans. Number eight, your true self and insecurities come out on a higher platform. Mm. Number nine, you don't develop a public or person or private persona and number 10 too much access yes those are the 10 things man yeah bombs bombs joints <laughs> bars <laughs> it was a bar fest <laughs> yeah man so, all day all day so that's it man that's it this week and uh we'll see y'all next week word peace Listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. I got styles already that's more complex than nobody know about. I mean, Super Duty Tough Work. Huh?